The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. I am your interim host for the day, Joe, joined once again by Anthony. On Twitter, you can find him at Anthony Dittmar underscore. You can find me on Twitter at the Joe Farrow. Anthony, we've got a lot of Nets stuff to talk about. Big time win yesterday. Gain, getting a win over the Portland Trail Blazers. It was a close one when it probably shouldn't have been. But we gain a game on Toronto as they lost to the Lakers yesterday. So thank you, LeBron James, and especially thank you to Russell Westbrook. He hit a big shot. <laughs> That's big for Russell Westbrook, for one. So congrats to him. But big time win for the Nets. What are your thoughts on the game, Anthony? Well, for the Portland game itself, when they were down 16, obviously it was a little uh, troubling considering Portland didn't have Simons and Dame, they cut to their whole entire roster. Obviously, CJ's not there anymore, so you kind of thought this is like a gimme game. So whenever you lose a gimme game, it's kind of like it hurts a little bit more because you kind of already circled these as Ws. But the Nets responded in the fourth quarter. Seth Curry had himself a game. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant was doing Kevin Durant things. Bruce Brown has continued his hot play, and it was a great overall win. I think they needed to keep it close, honestly, to keep them like locked in. And like you said, doing the standings watching now, I think every Nets fan is going to try to root to get past Toronto first. I think you'd rather play Toronto. I think there's a better chance that there's a vaccination like change in uh, New York City before we see it in Toronto. So obviously that'd be the ideal situation. But the best situation, I guess, would be on the road at Cleveland. So you're kind of rooting for the Cavs to get past. But it's looking like more and more or less likely the Nets are going to get into that six seed. I think best case scenario, they pass Toronto or Cleveland for seven. But it's looking like they're going to stay in eight, if I had to guess. But it's going to really come down to these last few weeks. Who comes back? If any mandates are changed, it's going to be a lot of like waiting and seeing, which is like we've done all year. So I guess just more of the same. But yes, yeah, scoreboard watching the Cavs, Raptors, and the Hornets too, because the Hornets only one game back. You don't want to get in that 9 10 matchup either. So it's a lot of scoreboard watching from here on out until like the last like, month of the season, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we're basically, there's more of a, there's a greater chance of New York lifting a vaccine mandate than there is of uh, anywhere in Canada. Um, but Mayor Adams has once again gone on record and said he's not in any rush to lift the private sector mandate, even though it affects now the Nets, the Yankees, and the Mets. So 
that's just another thing. Mayor Adams said that he's not going to rush on any season timeline. This is old news, but, you know, still frustrating the more and more you think about it. But like you said, we're scoreboard watching now. We're kind of hoping for the Cavs to continue to lose. And hopefully they fall into the seven if we're in the eighth, so that at least we would have Kyrie Irving on the road for the playing game. But Cleveland won last night. We are now three and a half games back of them, but we are only two and a half back of Toronto, which is definitely doable because I believe Toronto has like the ninth most difficult schedule in the league remaining. It's somewhere around there. And it would it would be all the pieces would have to fall in the play fall in place for the Nets to be able to have Kyrie Irving in a play in game. Doesn't look likely, but what can you do? All you got all you can do is just try to gain ground. At the end of the day, you want to get in that sixth spot so you don't have to worry about it. But I guess a little, a little daunting right now, just considering how many games are left. Yeah, it's like I'm just looking at the standings right now. It's it's gonna be a little tough for them to. Pull it off. Um, I think I like said Cle- at Cleveland's your best case scenario because don't forget, let's say you get in the seven eight playing against Toronto. Let's say you lose, then you play a nine ten, you play whoever wins the nine ten game. And if that's in Brooklyn, there's no change. It's two games without Kyrie Irving now. You're in a slot where like you lose your season's over. So that's obviously the worst case scenario. And it's also, I guess, kind of annoying from the standpoint is that like since you're in these playing games, you don't know if you're gonna be like seventh or eighth. So you really don't know who you're gonna be matching up in the first rounds. Right now, Miami is pretty secure in the one seat. So if you win that, if you go, if you had the Nets end up getting into that nine ten slot or losing and then playing in the second playing game, it's a very good chance. I think Miami ends up with the best record of the conference because they're two and a half up on Milwaukee. Milwaukee and Philly are both only like uh, half; they're half games separated. Milwaukee's in second, Philadelphia's in third, and then Boston's only a game and a half out of the second seed in the East. So that can actually be kind of interesting because I think I'd like the Nets to play the Celtics more than like the six. I mean, the Bucks, to be honest, I don't like playing the Bucks at all. Like obviously last year we saw what happens, but not to say we can't pull it off, but like, you know what I mean? I think almost every Nets kind of rather take their chances against the Celtics versus the the Bucks. We're watching too, like the Bulls kind of are free falling a little bit. They're playing poorly. Bulls are sliding. They went from a third, the one seed, like the one point season after the Nets kind of fell off that one seed, the, the Bulls had it for a while. But I don't know. It's I guess it depends who, who you – I think if you had to have a pecking order of teams that want the Nets to play, I think none of us want to play Milwaukee. Philly and Miami probably put, like, the same tier, but I think I'd lean towards wanting to play Miami, just aside from, like, wanting revenge. I'm saying, like, from a pure, like, standpoint. Yeah. And it probably goes, like, the rest of the pack. So I'm not afraid of the Celtics, Bulls, Cavs, or Raptors, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the Celtics are hot. The Celtics are on fire. They I think they might have the best record in the league – uh, ever since like the new year started, they've been on fire. But you would they, they match up very well to anybody. Yeah, they do. But like, still at the same time, you would much rather deal with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown than you would deal with Giannis and Chris Middleton. That's just how it is. It's the bench too, because the Celtics benches. Not like they both have any good benches, but I think this the Bucks have a better starting like six or seven guys. Like they're about six or seven guys yeah. in the roster. Yeah, for sure. Boston's three options like Marcus Smart. Like, I think I'd rather that than Drew Holiday. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, what to note, too, I guess, I mentioned is that the Nets are securely going to make the playing games at least because they're six and a half up on New York. There was yeah. a point where Washington was getting a little close. Not that I really thought it was a legitimate threat, but like, at least we'll know the Nets are going to be in these playing games at least because there was yeah. a point in time where that wasn't guaranteed. Yeah, and it's not like we've 100% clinched, but basically we would have to lose almost every game the rest of the way, and the Knicks would have to win every game the rest of the way, pretty much. 
Only Washington and the Knicks are still alive. Indiana, Detroit, and Orlando officially eliminated. Yeah. Just for those who want to record. <laughs> so yeah. when it's we've been praising a lot of Nets all year, specifically Patty Mills. Last night was another game where he did not look great at all. And this is like becoming a common theme in a lot of games. Patty Mills beginning to underperform. And it's like we've talked about it. He's played. He's already played this year more minutes than he's played in any season in his career. He's leading the Nets in minutes played. He he already has career highs in points per game, amount of shots taken, everything. Everything that you could think of, Patty Mills, basically, this is the best season of his career. But more recently, ever since where we were getting towards the All-Star break, we started talking about Patty, Patty needs some rest. We got to get him some time off, but we just couldn't. We didn't have anybody but him for a long stretch. and. He keeps continuing to struggle. Last night, he shot 0 for 4. Only played 17 minutes, but 0 for 4 from the field for Patty Mills. And, I mean, in the – in the who did we play before yesterday? Uh, Mavericks. Mavericks, yes. Late in the game. He didn't play a lot in that game either, but when he went in and late in the game, he was knocking down a few shots, and we were like, okay, maybe he's turning the tide. But – He's struggling again. He went over four, and all of those shots were from three. It's it's becoming a little bit concerning, don't you think? Like if you if like our team basically is going to rely on if Ben Simmons is playing, and if Kyrie can, Patty Mills is that guy who's going to be in that spot spacing the floor for us along with Seth Curry. And it's like if he's not knocking down his shots, I'm kind of scared we'll be looking at another Joe Harris situation. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it's it it did start concerning me a bit a little more worried if like we didn't make that trade for uh, Seth Curry when they have Goran Dragic like guys that could space the floor. Like, I think it really comes down to the fact that he's a little overworked. He's been playing career highs in minutes. Like I said, he was the only guy really that's been hurt all year besides Blake. But Blake's been kind of out of the rotation at certain points. He's really been the only guy all year that's been consistently in the rotation. So it's game, Patty. Patty's missing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This guy's played almost every every single game this year, but one. Like, come on. Like, the guy, it, it's, I'm not saying this guy, it, it's like, excusable for what he's doing, but there is a reason to it. I'd be a little more concerned if it was for no reason. Like, if we had Kyrie playing all these games at home, like, I think it'd be a different story. You could give him some like, press and some stops. But, like, we really need a space. We know Joe Harris, there's no the guy is in and out of the rotation, injured, whether it be, like, injuries or guys not playing. It's just... Yeah, so like the, the, the Nets are relied on his offense, and it really hasn't been coming through lately. It come in the playoff time, like there is a world where he may not be in the rotation if we have Kyrie Irving full time. Think about it; you only play like seventy guys in the playoffs typically in like a regular game because it's like you're playing high minutes. Your starters, you only really take them out when you absolutely need to. Let's say you have Kyrie full time. You have Kyrie, you have Durant. That's two. Hundred percent playing Drummond's because he has to like need a big guy. So that's three. Bruce Brown, you. Assume four, Seth Curry five, Jurajic six. There's a world where like you don't really play Patty Mills because you go Claxton, you go like yeah, if you have Ben Simmons, I'm not even counting him or Lamarcus Aldridge. You can even go Cam Thomas if it's really like you need a little more shooting. Like there's a world where like 
he's gonna play don't get me wrong but like there's a world where you're not like 100 he's not getting 20 minutes if he's gonna keep playing like this like he'll come in just for like breathers and that's it yeah like, it's that's... Not a question. at one point he was like a lock you know what i mean that's where we're at, we're at right now i'm looking at his game logs the last like couple weeks it's not looking pretty. 0 for 4 last game, 3 for 11 versus Dallas. They had the one good game against Orlando where he was 5 for 7, then 2 for 11 against the Knicks. He had decent games against Philly and Charlotte, but then he had a really bad stretch before that. 1 for 2, 5 for 8, 3 for 7, 1 for 8, 0 for 3, 0 for 9, 2 for 12, 3 for 11. It's like since February, he's kind of played very inconsistently. I'd say every like five games, four of them are bad. Yeah, like, that's, that's exactly what it feels like. It's like it's like once every week he's been showing up. And it's like that was not the case earlier this year. Patty hadn't Patty was earlier this year leading us to victories with all G League guys and rookies. Like Patty was on earlier this year. And it's just like it's not turning out the same right now. But hopefully, yeah. ho- hopefully he could turn it around soon. We really I like to see, get him a, a little breather to it. The Nets are in a comfortable position, which they probably won't be, if I'm really gonna be honest. They're yeah. probably gonna have to play all these games like they're the finals. But their last like five games are like fairly easy after they get actually like they have, after like this next this next week they have utah the grizzlies and the heat which is tough then you have charlotte who's like okay and you have the pistons the bucks are tough given you've end the year with atlanta the rockets the knicks the Cavs, and the pacers it's not a daunting schedule so i'm gonna, I'm gonna see if steve nash has to get the games off in that little stretch where potentially they can get him some breaks he, he, you'd assume assume you may have simmons and Irving back but we know how that works um yeah. those are games like you, you maybe you can get him a, a breather or two so he's like fresh legs for that playing game or playoff series you hope you get into a playoff series but yeah it's not look it's it's not it's not pretty right now yeah it really isn't especially in a time where we need everybody to perform to keep gaining games on the people ahead of us when the people ahead of us simply will not lose yesterday we lucked out but yeah. it's incredible comeback that we watched last night but i want to transition to somebody who has been playing well recently who wasn't playing well earlier in the year i think you know where i'm going obviously bruce brown last night 17 points seven rebounds three assists and a block seven of 12 from the field he didn't hit a three last night which is not like him as of lately because he's been knocking them down but man i don't know what else more we could say about bruce Bruce has been phenomenal ever since the trade deadline. It's like earlier in the year, he wasn't able to finish through contact. He wasn't able to really get to the rim, like driving on his own. But like now it's like he's a completely different player. And we talked about this already, but it's just like it's hard not to marvel in in how good he has been ever since the trade deadline. It's like I don't know what really flipped the switch for him. But, like, man, we thought the Bruce of last year was good. This is a level above that. Like, he's doing so much better than he was last year. He looks so comfortable. And it's just, like, it's awesome to see. I can't – I don't think we could even really emphasize how good Bruce has been if you haven't sat there and watched him. Yeah, like, at one point, I remember we had the trade deadline show with um with a guy, the Birds Are podcast, and he was talking, we were talking about, like, storing the salary filler to teams just because, like, he had, like, a 4 or $5 million contract. Because he were so done with them, he looked cooked. He looked like not like himself last like he did last year. Like you said, once we had the Harden deal, I don't know if it was like more spacing 
he was just re-energized and he had to step up because at first initially KD wasn't playing. So like the Nets are really down guys. He's been in the zone. Like his finishing ability on the rim, he's very crafty. It's like almost Kyrie Irving like I want to say. Like, no one's Kyrie Irving, obviously, but like the way he feel like is like crafty around the rim reminds me of that. He can like shoot the ball, like not like crazy, but like he at least can like like hit an open shot, like which is like more than you could ask for with everything else he does. He won us a game against the Knicks in the defensive play. Like he's everywhere on defense. He's brings energy to the team. Like you saw him out. Like when he has the energy, the rest of the team does. He said that like people still defend him like he's a scrub, like because either Kevin Durant's getting a double team or Kyrie Irving is, and they kind of like he's the like the one they come off of. He was talking about yeah, they treat me like a scrub. I'm gonna keep making them pay. He said it kind of puts a chip on his shoulder. So I do like the fact that he like acknowledges the fact that they're like not kind of playing him up. And if you could force like something, like, he keeps doing this. You're gonna force an extra defender to come off Kevin Durant. That just makes the team better. Because like all due respect, like Kevin, I'd rather have Kevin Durant single coverage than that. But like, like you know what I'm saying? Like it helps everyone because if he's like a legitimate threat, like it, help, it, it does wonders. I remember at one point this year we were running like a. It was when we saw it Harden. It was KD Harden, and then it was like James Johnson, Bruce Brown, Claxton. I remember some of the other team like we were playing yells. There's only two shooters on the court. Like, so they were just like swarming like Harden and Durant because everyone else was just not threats. And you have got everyone on the court that can at least make a shot. It really does a lot for the offense. He's like that, like, he's not like an interior scorer, I would say, or like he is, but he's not like, like known for that. He's kind of like all three levels of a scorer now, where he's like kind of just like swarming everywhere. He's cutting, makes the right play. He's just one of those guys that just brings the energy to the team and the team that really needed it at a certain point this year. I wonder how like Ben Simmons coming back would affect that if he comes back. Because they kind of play similar roles, I don't know if you could afford to play both of them at the same time. Maybe stagger some minutes. You know, I don't like. I, I guess, but right now you can't take Bruce Brown out of the rotation, right? Like, there's no way you could. Yeah, no, no chance. He has to play. And it's like one thing I wanted to bring up. You remember when like Karis Avert like first started really showing his scoring prowess around the rim? Like yeah, it, like it really, like, there, yeah. <laughs> it's eerily similar, like. The way that Bruce is getting craft, like like you said, Kyrie Irving esque, like just like being able to maneuver his body around the rim, like it's like like Kyrie Irving was allowed to rejoin the team, and then Bruce just decided, like I'm just gonna study Kyrie Irving finishing film for 85 hours straight, and like it was like I don't know, like he's just absorbing contact, maneuvering his body, getting a clear clear layup every single time when there's like two guys around him he's just moving his body in ways like he's not afraid of contact and like we said he plays with so much energy he plays with so much physicality and it it definitely shows now with the way that he's playing and it's awesome to see he's been phenomenal i wonder how they keep him next year because like how can i like he might play himself out of the nets well that's that's the thing though we said the same thing last year and then he came back on a one-year four million qualifying offer that's like i maybe teams just thought it was because of spacing or because he was like just whatever or he just could discount try to win a ring i don't know because eventually a guy wants to make his money in the nba like yeah like winning is one thing but like eventually like it comes down to like if these guys never had a contract before it's maybe one opportunity to get one yeah. Like you don't want to like obviously he has to make the best decision for his own career. We'd love to have him back, but like he's outplaying himself, like potentially to like for the Nets to lose him, which honestly is not ideal. But I'm also happy for the guy, you know, it's like the weird, like in the middle type of thing. But he might get himself like a nice multi year deal now out of this. Like, I can't, I can see him getting like a three year deal, maybe like in like I don't even know, maybe eight million dollar annual range, like which is like probably love because he came back, what, for one for four, you said this year? One for one five for four. Yeah, it was one for, like, four and a half or something. That was a qualifying offer. 
the NBA contracts are like for the most part all guaranteed. So you get like the three year security, at least you kind of like don't have to worry about playing for a contract for a year. So that's always in the back of your head. Like, damn, I gotta like play well to put like like the food on the table. Like you don't have to worry about that. Guys with like guys like in that kind of caliber would love that, love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like if you just think like about Bruce this offseason, like a team like say like the Warriors, who have like two superstars and then a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys on like like mid-level contracts kind of and rookie contracts with guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga and Jordan Poole and all these guys. Like that's a team that like I could see really wanting like a guy like Bruce Brown. That's just a hypothetical, but like yeah, that's say Draymond kind of plays his role there. So I don't know, like yeah, well, that's also Draymond has injury history, and those are two where you can stagger minutes and like cheaper Draymond Green because Draymond is like God that gets a max. Like I don't know if you want to pay him a max. Yeah, like it, it's interesting. I think a lot of contenders would take a look at him, um, uh-huh. especially ones that have shooters all over the place. Like yeah, I mean that means ideal, ideal situation spacing because you want to go somewhere clunky. Like like him in Philadelphia probably wouldn't work. It's not really like a shooting yeah. destination, but like him in like Golden State, like you said, in Phoenix, like. Where the ball is kind of just flying from all different corners, it could it would be do wonders for him. I wonder, I wonder really what the, what's gonna happen with him because that's a lot of decisions. I can also be a later topic, but like, Claxton's also that's playing like very well lately too. Like, uh-huh. do they can they afford to keep this guy? I know he's on. To get paid. I believe I believe Claxton's max extension is four years for thirty eight million. That might be something that should be worthwhile taking. It's a cheaper option again in the open market, especially because you have to think about Andre Drummond. There's no way to keep all these guys. An ideal but world. Also, I don't know if Lamarcus Aldridge is going to be able to come back next year. Like I, I think Perkins for sure gone. Um, yeah, Blake is probably gone. Um, Aldridge, like you said too, he was been injured a lot this year. Like he's been great offensively, but like he's a liability on defense. Like he, he's probably. I'm afraid that he's not going to be able to play in the playoffs in terms of like staying on the court with like getting like every time you have a switch, you're just going to get blown past. Like, you only probably bring him in for really desperate for some offense for like small stretches. There's a lot of guys like they're gonna be like, when you're on a good team, when you have like really good teams like the Nets have had, like on paper, like they can have two max guys, three max guys. You really have to get like guys in the fringes, like to like, like to make up like every year. Like it's not like you can afford to bring every single guy back because guys put up better numbers when they're better, the better players can't afford to keep them all. It's kind of like that's why they try hitting these rookies like Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, like guys who come back for cheap contracts and you get a few vet minimum ring chasers. And that's kind of how you constitute your roster. Cause like maybe even Joe Harris, like who knows? You make an 18 million next year. It's a lot that's of what I'm, that's, I was just about to say, I'm like, these are all reasons why I do can't see Joe Harris on the Nets next year. Because they give a Seth Curry making eight million dollars, and he does he's he does more on a basketball court than Joe Harris does. He's makes a better playmaker. He can make his own shot better. He's scored on three levels better. I'd love to extend, maybe extend him, like get beat the open market. I know he's going to demand probably a high price. Maybe like the same thing Joe gets. I'd rather Seth Curry at that. Yeah, I'd rather money. I'd rather Seth Curry be making that money than Joe Harris. Exactly. I love Joe Harris. Don't get me wrong; he's the longest tenure net by far. I think mm-hmm. he's like seven years now. Like I don't think the closest guy would be like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Like who came in 2019, like what, like there's a lot of moving parts with this, obviously, but like you can see a lot of roster turmoil this this offseason. Maybe move Joe to keep some of these guys like Drummond, but like Drummond's been a blessing. Like the Nets have needed a center like that. They haven't really had a great center since Brooke Lopez left. And like like he had his problems defensively too. Like under Drummond's like the first rock I feel like I've seen under the Nets room since I've been a Nets fan. And I've been watching for like four, 13, 14 years, I'd say consistently. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he's the first one. Like I, I like when someone's like a big rematch because a big center. I'm not scared for my life. Like saying we're gonna get absolutely demolished tonight. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I know but, we're going more off season here, but like this, this is just a thing about you brought the Bruce. Yeah. Thing, like, a lot. yeah. 
Well, let's talk about some of the guys we do have <laughs> and will yeah. have for multiple more years. Seth Curry and Kevin Durant. Last night, Seth Curry in his first game back, he missed three straight. 38 minutes, 27 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 7 for 11 from three. Seth Curry, just like insane last night. And Kevin Durant, 38 points in 38 minutes on 15 shots. That's stupid. It's unreal. (laughs) It was just unbelievable. Kevin Durant was a monster. He shot two of three from three, which was good because Kevin Durant, the last couple games from three, wasn't really shooting that well. But he just efficiency king last night. Like you couldn't couldn't expect anything less. Like he was just seen his number since he came back. Oh yeah, it's it's absurd. Like <laughs> he, what is it? He he's averaging like like almost thirty ever since he came back. I believe. Exactly 30, actually. That's like 37 and seven, yeah. and like crazy percentages. Yeah. It's like unreal. Like every time this guy like gets her or is out for an extended period of time, people are like, is he gonna be the same thing? Is it be the same thing? He is. He's Kevin Durant. He's the MVP this year. If he doesn't go down for like a month and a half, like there's yeah. no yeah. doubt in my mind. It's like people are arguing right now between Embiid, Jokic. Some people are saying John Moran or DeMar DeRozan. Like those guys, I'm sorry, they're all in great years. But if Kevin Durant plays like 65 plus games even 60 plus he's getting the mvp yeah like, there's no doubt and and we ran through curry so kd along with the 38 points he also had six boards and six assists run through real quick Drogic had nine points and 10 assists and drummond had 17 points and nine boards Drogic's playmaking has been insane he, like, it, really has. The ball. it really has and it's like when you have if Ben Simmons comes back and you have Drogic and Ben handling the ball and just distributing throughout this offense with all these weapons we have, it, it's scary. And one other thing I wanted to bring up, Cam Thomas played 14 minutes last night, and we had talked about how he hadn't really been looking the same and didn't look aggressive ever since he had that little injury in the minutes he would play. There were, like, the last two games, he played, like, a total of, like, 15 minutes and attempted one shot before yesterday. He put up eight shots yesterday in 14 minutes. He had 11 points on five for eight. And he looked good while doing it. He looked like he was back to his normal self. He looked great. And it was awesome to see because we need we need his presence there. When he comes into the game, your, your, uh, your purpose is to just go get a bucket. <laughs> go get your bucket. Like, you may not play every game. When you're like desperate to some offense or some guys are out, like you could call Cam Thomas and he could give you like an easy 10 points off the bench. Yeah, for sure. That's what that's what his role needs to be. And I think a couple more years down the line, he's going to be playing on this championship caliber team for years, unless we trade him, which I can't see happening. All the guys love him. But Cam Thomas is going to emerge into a star one day just because of his scoring prowess. And it, it'll there will be a day where Kevin Durant is 38 years old and he will not be he will not be the same Kevin Durant as he is now he will still be good because you don't lose shooting and but Cam Thomas is one day going to be the leading scorer on this Nets team I think I'd love to see like a, like a transitioning of the power like it was supposed to be like what happened with the Spurs the Kawhi from like the first big three with Duncan didn't really work out yeah. for other reasons but like you love to see a passing of a torch I think of like Brett Favre to like Aaron Rodgers like a football comparison yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah you, know, you know, Eli Manning to Daniel Jones, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. How can I forget that? Or Sam Darnold <laughs> to Zach Wilson. <laughs> 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 Just 
All right. Well, that is basically all we have, I believe. Nets come back from down 18 against the Blazers. How we got down 18 in the first place, I have no idea. But now time to go into (laughs) time to predict what we think is going to happen Monday, Anthony. We got the Jazz at home. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, no Kyrie Irving. You didn't like, probably, no Kyrie. No Kyrie. Yeah, no Kyrie. Utah Jazz. No Lamarcus, probably. And then then I'm going to be optimistic and say a win, but it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I mean, yeah, you probably need it to take a – to maybe get back on Cody, but I think I'm going to go with a loss on this. Damn. Yeah, so we got well, – did Cody pick his, though, or no? No, but he'll he'll tell us off – off pod and we'll we'll talk about it on monday i'm sure he'll pick a win just to spite you and me because <laughs> i'm ahead but <laughs> yeah remember, that's why we're just to fight for second place between me and cody <laughs> current standing like the, like the nets trying to get into the stab of the play in <laughs> yeah i am i have 29 cody has 24 and anthony has 23 anything else you want to say anthony before we wrap this one up um, let's keep the, the, the good juju going. If you don't lose in a Spencer Dinwiddie game winning three at the buzzer, we win six in a row and look at this a little differently. But I'll take five out of six, considering the circumstances and how poorly we played like the month half before. Like this, the staggering splits of this team with and without Kevin Durant's insane this year. Like, I think it's like 30 and 14 around with, with KD and then like very, very below 500 without him. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, if you have Kevin Durant in the lineup, you tend to win some ball games. So let's oh, yeah. keep doing that. Let's keep Kevin Durant in the lineup. I know we had a scare the other night. I don't know if you guys talked about it during that match. Yeah, we did. I said, yeah. I don't think I took like, <laughs> I was streaming it because I'm down in New Orleans and I was streaming that game. And I saw that happen. And like my stream's a little behind. So all I see is a bunch of tweets saying like, oh no, oh no. And I was like, oh, don't tell me something happened. <laughs> so I'll turn this game off and I'll stop watching the rest of the year. I'll <laughs> be like my final straw. But yeah, I saw that. I hard would, have been my, would have been my 13th reason. Yeah, that was literally, literally a bit. But yeah, let's keep it going. Like, let's, let's keep everybody healthy. Let's get some guys back. Hopefully, Eric Adams changes. I do have optimism with that. The Yankees and Mets are also fighting the same battle. Yeah, I would hope. I, I think rest of regular season, like I think it's like a five day difference. We're like two games left for after baseball starts. I think it's like April seventh. Baseball starts. And like the Yankees, I mean, the Nets like have two games left. I know the game we're going to, and like one other. Yeah, so maybe the rest. There's of the game one last. Spot. There's one last game. We're going to the second last game of the year. So playoffs is basically like what you'd want for Kyrie to play at this point. Same for Ben Simmons. We'd be, I think we're lucky to see Ben Simmons play two or three games. They so, said they're targeting the last two games of the season for Ben. So let's hope he stays on track. He did we'll get an, he did get an epidural when we were in Orlando to help with his back recovery. So hopefully that hopefully that helps in the process and he can start ramping up this week. Um, I expect maybe some news coming out Monday. See if he did anything in practice before the game. Maybe, hopefully, he started then. But we'll see. Yeah, it's not probably not gonna be a lot of news today at all, and maybe not on a Sunday. I probably just get an injury report. But yeah, every every time we say that, but every time we say that, some shit happens. So yeah, probably. Oh, by the Let's way, we gotta mention we gotta mention KD did get fined because <laughs> in oh, the, the last game. Somebody, a fan yelled, KD, you got to take this game over. And KD turned around and says, you got to shut the fuck up and sit down. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Like, he saw the and video of too. Course, and of course, this like, kind of stuff happens all the time, but he's only fine because it's caught on video and you know how it goes. But KD yeah, so posted on Twitter, 
a picture of a guy with a stack of money handing it to someone and he said fine here you go <laughs> so, <laughs> so Katie got did, fine, 25k to them it's like pocket change over someone like us that's yeah that's like that's like, like us spending 40 bucks like <laughs> yeah. all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode make sure leave us a five-star review follow us on twitter dm us questions you know the drill thank you for listening we will see you guys again on tuesday This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.